welcome to Solutions from the Yard, a candid discussion about life behind bars and its effect on society. We'll discuss reintegration or re-entry back into the community post-incarceration. Your host for this episode is Dietrich Trent. Welcome back. In our last episode, we were speaking about the 13th Amendment, prison, or slavery. We're back. Brother Dickinson Neal, mm-hmm. I want you to give the audience a history and a breakdown of what the word chattel slavery mean. What's the origin and where did it come from and how did it, it's to, in 2022, how does it still exist and how there is still allowed that we're being, that, that people are being considered chattel mm. slavery? Mm. Um, well, the word chattel derives from the word cattle. You know, during the time of uh, slavery and even during this time, you know, you have, you know, property laws, you have farmers and things of that nature. Uh, during that time, we was reduced to nothing but property. One of the ways we was reduced to nothing but property was the stripping of our nationality. That's where the words Negro colored black came into play because we never called ourselves that when we was in Africa from the get go. We went by free national names like Nigerian, Kenyan, uh, Tanzanian, Mauritanian, uh, Moroccan. We we went by those that identified a nation. Yes. Uh, so um, to reduce us to nothing but property, that's when we were stripped of our nationalities in uh, 1774. Now, the purpose of that being done was that the government didn't have no say so over a farmer's property. Speak See, on now it. when you came when they came up with the property laws at that time, you know some of the same uh, uh, politicians that was in government they had slaves, mm-hmm. so they created laws to protect their property from the government, their own brethren. So their brethren couldn't say, "Hey, you can't do this, you can't do that." So they had to uh, systematically. Uh, denationalize and dehumanize us so we was just like a cow or a chicken. So once they did that, they they reduced us to that. Now they can move about and take us wherever they want with no, you know, without nobody, with no opposition. So therefore, um, you know, that's why the word chattel derives from cattle because if, saying like if a plantation owner say, hey, man, I want to move from Kentucky to Louisiana. He can take his property legally from state to state with no opposition because it was nothing but property. It was nothing but commercial property. So therefore, he could take it from state to state and no laws could not even affect him or come into play because it was we was we weren't even considered humans. Hmm. So therefore, once we weren't considered humans, you can just move you around from place to place like that. And it's the same thing that was it's been going on in the BOP. Uh, when you on that tarmac and you get off that plane mm. and all of y'all shackled, you getting on one plane going to another right. in a different state. Mm-hmm. So chattel still that movable property was still being you know moved around. Mm. So therefore, you know it never ended. You know what I'm saying? It never ended, and we was always we've been getting transferred 
all throughout the United States, especially Washingtonians. We know we from Washington, D.C., and we can be all the way in Victorville, California, mm-hmm. on the other side of this, uh, the country. So they can move you around like that legally with no opposition. <laughs> so, therefore, you know, that, that that's something that people need to be educated on and to actually understand what's going on. Because, like I said, once you come to prison, you are stripped of your Social Security. You don't go by with your Social Security no more. You go by your rig number mm. or your DOC. That's right. And when they punch that, that DOC number up, your whole history in the, in the prison system is going to pop up. You don't even use your Social Security number no more. You don't use that when you come back into society. But while you under that servitude, you go by a whole nother number. I'm, I'm, I'm so happy that you spoke on the chattel, slavery, and gate and broke it down because when you were saying that they that the people was considered like livestock, mm-hmm. right? And for them to accomplish this, listen to me, y'all. For them to accomplish this, they had to come up with another constitution. And that's what came the birth of the three-fifths of a man in the 14th constitution. So we speaking today. Mm-hmm. We speaking today. See, the 13th, 13th Amendment came first. Mm-hmm. Now I got to protect my, I got to, I got to write another whole bylaw and another law to protect this other one, the 13th. So now I got to dehumanize this whole race so they could be, so I could get my plan together. Mm-hmm. That's what brother Dickinson there was just teaching the audience, just telling the audience about how they, how the constitution was written. Then brother uh, Dickinson Neal. Yes. I'm 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 happy that you spoke on this about 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 this because this opened up a whole another conversation about the three fifths of a man and how the how it 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 protects one another. And these still exist. And these these constitutions you can still read, they still there, they never they never they not they don't they haven't been changed. And it's twenty twenty two. Brother Charles Hawkins, I want you to speak on how we having all these, we, we we fighting for a lot of rights out here. And I'm not saying no one right, does, it don't mean to be, it's not, you know, everyone has their right to be voice, right? And have a right to, vo- right to voice their uh, opinion and their rights. But we're talking about something about a human race, right? Mm-hmm. That these two, this constitution, the 13th constitution, I mean, uh, the amendment still stands and how, it's plugged into us being a three-fifths of a man. Can you explain that to explain it? How is this still going on today? Hey, what Mike say? Mike say they had to protect their property. The court ruled in Dred Scott. There you go. The court ruled in Dred Scott. The reason why Dred Scott lost was because the court ruled that Dred Scott was the property. Tell them to go read Dred so, Scott. So, right. The court ruled that the Dred Scott was the property of the owner. So, he had no rights that could be respected because he wasn't considered a human being. Now, what they call us, wards of the state. There you go. See, they changed the name. Now we no longer the property of the state. We're a ward of the state. Same uh, uh, plan on words. We're so a ward. We're a ward of the state. Now, but it's all under 
the 13th Amendment, the exception clause. This is where it comes This is why they got the exception clause in it. The exception clause is supported by the Dred Scott decision. Because remember, Dred Scott hasn't been reversed. Yes. Dred Scott is, is, is law. It's Supreme Court law. There you go. And that's the highest law in the land. So they never, nobody never came back and said, uh, I'm, look, I'm not three-fifths of a man. Nobody never in 2022 came and said, listen, hold up. You treat me like a three-fifths of a man, and therefore I'm not, I, my rights as a citizen or human being is not being respected. No, what they what we do is, and we litigate, we litigate like this here, the conditions that we live under in prison, we complain about them. We 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 treat we being treated un, inhuman. So it's the Eighth Amendment. We saying cruel and unusual punishment. But Mike Dixon Hill said it. He said it's a difference between punishment and enslavement uh-huh. because I'm being punished, but is but I'm being enslaved by the virtue of the fact that under the Thirteenth Amendment. You can do whatever you want to do to me, labor-wise, because I've been duly convicted. And it all go back to one thing, profit. It's about the money. They say follow the money when you say unicorn. But you talked about it earlier, um, um, Dietrich. We talked about unicorn. But look at this here. The commissary is privatized. The phone is privatized. The medical is privatized. All these are all these are things that support the infrastructure of prison, the prison industrial complex. But then more importantly, look at where the prison industrial complex are. They're all in rural America. So when you look at where all your major prisons are, all your major plantations are in rural America. And in rural America, who's benefiting from it? Not the black community, not poor folks. Who's benefiting from it is, is white folks and people that live in rural America. So ain't no way in the world they're going to say, get rid of prison. That's a cash cow. Because I... My, this is my property, and I, I'm gonna close on this point. When we was up in, when I was up in Hagerstown, this how they thought. They thought like this here. This not, this not the state of Maryland prison. This my prison. This is Hagerstown's prison. This, this Hagerstown guards. This is Cumberland. These are Cumberland guards. They saying this is their prison. They don't say. They say my prison. What are you doing? You ain't gonna do this in my prison. You ain't gonna do this on my plantation and get away with it. Um, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. I'm loving today's conversation. Yes, and, and this is true talk because we lived it and understood when when you trying to fight certain things in your case and you wonder why, man, this is the law. I see the law <laughs> right here in my face. What is what is wrong? But then they say, no, nah, you got to talk, you got to attack them through, your, through the Constitution, right? But then when we do this, you still don't get no law because it all stands to because they don't respect us as the as a man in the United States of America. And when these laws are still standing and be a governor by today, you're allowed to keep this conveyor belt, keep going. Mm-hmm. Like I always speak, it's allowed because no one has challenged them about anything when it comes to these uh, Constitution amendments, mm-hmm. right? So... And our brothers and sisters are don't 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 even know they in a form of slavery. Mm-hmm. No one knows they subject. The the the, the 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 piece of delivery man that's driving down the street don't know he's that he could be subject to a form of slavery. Mm-hmm. He don't know this. No one knows this because, like my brother Dickinson Neal said, that we want to keep this. Shh. We got you got keep this on the hush because this is the profit dollar. We're talking about some of the some of the. I want to talk about some of the stuff that that that, that we in today's society benefit from from the prison labor. 
some of the couches that you sleep sit on, some uh, uh some of the sports apparel that you wear. Mm. Yes, you don't even know that brothers and sisters sit in on the, and, and stitch this stuff. And this stuff come from prison. They, they say it come from China and all these other countries. And no, it does not. It comes from the same prisons in the United States of America. Uh, uh, some of the uh, furniture. Mm-hmm. I, I, I used to work in one of the unicorns. We was building, man, I know some of the furniture. I said, I'd have bought it. Yeah. I'm some real level. I mean, stuff. And I seen some of it walk out the back. No, that's right. And this is the things that goes on, but we are so caught up in the conveyor bill, we don't even see it because mm-hmm. we say, Man, I'm getting two, three hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Right? And and this and then I want you to speak on this, brother Dickinson here. The tragedy of of it because we take we 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 or a lot of brothers work in prison, mm-hmm. right? right? We see this. This is not nothing. We see a lot of brothers work in prison, not knowing they was working for slave dollars. Mm-hmm. But we get out here to society, and we choose not to exercise them, that same energy mm. that we was using the, in prison, mm-hmm. right? To get to get ahead, right? When you don't exercise that same energy that you just utilized in prison, that to get that dollar. You gonna put yourself back in there on a conveyor belt because you ain't you ain't taking you gotta get away from that. Mm. You gotta use that energy and convert it into something good because you gonna give back to it mm-hmm. if you don't. And Mike, and, and you were speaking about earlier about how we uh how the prison, the private prisons, they are all on the uh on the market. On the market and people are investing in them. Blindly, not knowing that they vesting into these prisons, or some of them say they they know it, uh, because I have a few companies that they call themselves woke, right? Like five companies, like uh, uh, Black Rock, uh, Fidelity, mm-hmm. uh, State Street, and, and Vanguard. These are all companies that say, "Man, we against uh, anything that's going harm against prisoners. We are for prisons reform." Mm-hmm. But guess what? All of them dollars is in the private privacy prison industry. So let's speak on that, brother. How can you have be saying that you is against prison reform? I mean, you're for prison reform, but you're spending dollars inside the prison to make you a dollar. Mm. You're investing your dollar to make you a dollar inside the labor of slavery. Speak on it. Um. Well, I mean, it, it was systematically done. First and foremost, you got a lot of corporations uh, like Keefe, mm, uh, you got uh, Access, mm-hmm. um, you have... Uh, Bob Barker. <laughs> yeah, Bob mm-hmm. Barker. <laughs> and you, you have all these different uh, companies that invested their money into it by supplying the product. Now, one of the things that they systematically done, like Chuck was saying, the rural places, these prisons was put in a lot of rural places because... You couldn't really put them in the big cities and stuff like that because people was going to reject it. They're going to vote against it. So I'm not going to say no names, but this one prison that I was in in North Carolina, what they did, they researched the demographics of the areas that they put these prisons Mm. in. And see, when they researched the demographics of those prisons, they found out that a lot of elderly people uh, lived in them communities, a lot of handicapped. 
You understand what I'm saying? So what they did, this prison, how they uh, advertised it like a commercial, they said, we giving first dibs to everybody that's on welfare. We giving first dibs to everybody that has a form of disability <laughs> and senior citizens. <laughs> now, this prison, all the guards was either ratchet on welfare, yeah. they was either walking around with a limp, or they was so old, you'd be like, Pops, what are you even doing in here? Yeah. And then once we found out that this is how they was advertising it to the community. Hey, man, if you need a job, come on, come over here. Mm -hmm. We got benefits. We got all we got medical benefits, man. You retire, man. And they promoted it just like a commercial. So a lot of the people that lived in that town, they was against it at first when they said, hey, we're going to build a prison in y'all town. But then when they found out like, hey, man, shoot, I do need a job. You know, I can't work because I have a disability. So I said, man, hey, you know what? Let me uh, let me go ahead, go go down there and sign up. You know, and, 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 and a lot of the women that was on welfare, they was like, shoot, welfare don't pay enough. Let me sign up. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's why, you know, a lot of the times the majority of the women almost got fired. 50% of them got fired the first three months they was in there because they was coming in there falling in love. They was just, you know, just off the chain because they was, you know, living in trailer parks and stuff like that. Mm. So when they came in, they was easily seduced and stuff like that. But the point that I'm trying to make is, is that the people that's investing their money, these big corporations that's investing their monies, they have marketing schemes. Mm -hmm. And that's what they doing. They using their marketing schemes to, like I say, research the demographics of the places that they're going to put these prisons in because it could, it could be more appealing. That's you right. see what I'm saying? They make it appealing like, hey, man, if y'all let this come, this was going to happen. Right. And then you you got to understand, it builds the economy of the of that town. That's right. Now, everybody benefit of it from it because now people buying more gas because I can afford it. Right. People buying cars. People, um, you know, upgrading their homes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's going to it's going to bring more revenue. You see what I'm saying? Because the town was really poor because of those uh you know, those disabilities mm. and welfare, stuff like that. So the income was very low. The economy was low. But once they put that prison in That's there, right. it increases the economy. That's why they had so much pride saying, this my prison right mm -hmm. here. You see what I'm saying? Because <laughs> this is helping my community. This is this what took me off the poverty level, mm -hmm. got me off of food stamps. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? So that's why they took so much pride in it. You know, because it, 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 it really empowered them. Mm. And that's how they're, you know, that's how they're able to get away these these grand scheme marketers. They're able to put these prisons in all these different rural places and get away with it because it's a marketing scam, you know, and everybody get paid. Then now, OK, you got all different types of clothing companies. You know, like you say, all these industries are private. That's mm -hmm. within the system. You know, within mm -hmm. the prison system. So now everybody getting a piece of the pie. Mm -hmm. You know, hey, I'm going to start selling my products to them. You know, Access, they got a catalog with all clear electronics. That's right. Clear TVs, clear clippers. Everything is clear so you can see into it. So they only selling their products to the prison system. Because <laughs> who going to buy a clear TV on, <laughs> in society or clear pair of tr bed trimmers? Nobody ain't buying that. A clear Walkman, a clear, uh, you know, stuff. Who gonna buy that? 
Clear so they, everything is made for the prison system. So everybody getting a big piece of this pie, man. Everybody laughing and kikiing and having a good old time. And, you know, while people keep thinking that, they keep confusing slavery with crime and punishment. Mm-hmm. See, they mm-hmm. getting it confused because mm-hmm. they dressing it up as crime and punishment, but really it's slavery. That's right. I'm glad you spoke on that, that they getting it confused. That's why, mm-hmm. the, that's why the title was Prison or slavery. That's right. Because if I'm already punished for this crime, you gave me 30 some years. Why well, I got to be subject to your, 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 to, to your form of labor of work. Mm. It, I don't want to see it. I don't, but they know when you, when you, when you, when you have poor under, under, under resource pigmentation people, <laughs> right? Because they come in all forms, so I don't want to offend no one. Because all types of brothers, we've seen brothers from all all walks of ever they have that's in there. So, but when when you target these people, you know they can't afford not to work in your prison. Right. They they can't afford not to keep your prison up because this is gonna keep me up. Mm-hmm. Uh, because we know if you ain't got no money, then you going hungry. Mm-hmm. Prison is not free, people. Mm-hmm. Prison is not free. Prison costs is it costs to live in. And I know a lot of your brothers and sisters call home, ask for money. It costs, and this and it, what it is, it, this is how they get us, and this is how they uh, do uh, do things to the family. And make you forget about that, that that slavery don't exist because you just think he's calling home because he's begging for a dollar or she begging for a dollar. No, it's hard. Hmm. It's hard in there. And I'm glad that Mike Brother Dickinson Hill spoke on about the private about the the, uh, the miscarriage of justice that's been going on in these private prisons because they have some of the worst when they're in these rural areas. Hmm. They have some of the worst staffing, the worst medical, worst everything. I'm talking people dies in these prisons. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, but they, but at the end of the day, nobody will care because it's a it's big guarantee per mm-hmm. prison, the minimum. So it don't matter. <laughs> we can put another one in the bed mm-hmm. because, like, like black brother, the chattel slavery. Mm-hmm. Brother, uh, Dickinson in. I mean, not Dickens in there, brother. You've been talking so good that I, I just want to keep <laughs> yeah, going back I'm to the brother. Like, brother yeah, yeah Dickens in there. Yeah, I keep taking yeah. the brother. But so, my apology, brother Charles. I don't know. No apologies. I'm, 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 no, I like I'm this, duly this. convicted. <laughs> <laughs> true, true, true. Okay, so speaking, coming to you, bro. I apologize as you feel, man. Right no, mean. it's all good. It's all love here. This, we, this is solutions from the yard. We are here to. Tell people and inform people about what's going on and to try to form some solution. Now, what would be, speaking of that, what would be your solution? And I'm going, this is going to both of you all. Mm-hmm. What would be your initiative and what would be your solution to rectify these issues that's going on within this amendment with our brothers and sisters being subject to? What would be, and I ain't saying the end of all, have a, uh, you to come up with something, just saying what would be your first initiative for how to get people woke and to get them to start to understanding what is going on within 
the laws of the United States of America that's outdated, supposedly, and that need to be changed. What would be your first initiative, Brother Charles Hopkins? I think that we need to become more, one, and more educated, too. Like, we, we noticed this, these initiatives was on the ballot. So we need to, like, really, as prisoners, I'm talking about us, the 1.8 million people that's locked up, the one, and, the, and those of us that's on paper, we need to start looking at who invested in prison. Because remember, when apartheid in South Africa, the way they got apartheid, they got them out of apartheid, got the attention of the world around apartheid, they had a thing called divest. And they was going to all the corporations and saying, you you, you investing in apartheid. And because you invest in apartheid, we're going to boycott you. Mm-hmm. And that, the money. So we need to start having, looking at us, start saying, you know, we want to start looking at who is propping up these industries and start getting our families and start putting ballots on, on you know, initiatives saying, like, we want to divest in Keefe. Keefe can't, we don't want Keefe selling commissary to prison. We want mom, a mom and pop store to sell it. We want that money to go somewhere else. We want to divest and, and start taking the profit margin out. That's the solution for me. Education uh, and, and empower ourselves to understand that we got the power. We got the power to the vote. We can vote. But more or less, we can organize around the abolition of the prison industrial complex. And, um, and before I let you go, Brother Dickinson, I'm glad you said that about the money because if we stop spending our money within the prisons and spend and sending the money out, stop spending it back into the mm-hmm. prison, because that's what the normal 85% of the population, could they have you like that, that you make your money and it goes right back into the prison. Mm-hmm. Speaking on that, uh, brother, what, brother Dickinson there, before we close out, what would be your solution from the yard on this 13th Amendment issue? Um, I I would say it's it's it, it's this is another like two three four five six sixty shows. Uh, but what I what I want to say is first and foremost that that that's that lies within us. You know, we have to uh us as a people, like Chuck said, be reeducated. Once we are reeducated, that's why I always told people I can never sell drugs or anything like that again because I educated myself on what was going on. I might as well put on a you know a white robe and, and, and burnt crosses because I was helping them. And see that's the thing that we have to be educated on is how we are helping enslave ourselves because it's not them. We doing it to ourselves. Because the narrative this um being promoted and you know through with social media um, everybody, you know, rappers, you know, it's, you know, a lot of guys, you know, they don't like the guy Charleston White, but he's 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 attacking the rappers because the rappers are are literally promoting selling drugs. They promoting killing your own people, genocide. So these are the things that we got to understand will keep us enslaving ourselves because we keep going with this narrative, this destructive narrative. So therefore, we have to be re-educated, teach about slavery, how it was started, how uh, you know what what happened during the Thirteenth Amendment, and educate you from all the way from the ground all the way back up, and then that way you could change the minds of the people because we put ourselves in prison; they just snapped, set the snare. 
You know, it's the same would the fish swallow the bait if he knew the hook were hitting therein. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? The fish would not swallow the bait if it knew the hook was there. See, we got to teach about the hook. Because, see, right now the narrative in the United States is to teach about the bait. Grab the bait. Right. You understand what I'm saying? Everybody chasing the dollar. Rappers, hey, get the bag, get the bag. Everybody get the bag. You know what I'm saying? Now, when you don't have no form of education, you see what I'm saying? Drop out of high school, things of that nature. Now, you're thinking about getting the bag. And that narrative is really destroying us as a people. And that's the things that we have to really just re-educate ourselves because we putting ourselves in, in these predicaments by breaking the laws. They just waiting for you to do it. And they and we, we keeping the, the prison doors open. So, you know, that's one of the things like, you know, that's why I work for VSC because that's what I promote. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? When you come out of prison, I don't want you to come back to prison because I don't want to go back. So I'm going to teach you the same thing that I'm using to keep from going back. Mm-hmm. See, and these are the things that we need to really educate ourselves on about what's going on with this narrative because like I say it's a dog eat dog world and you know we got to learn about the bait you know and then learn about that hook that's within that bait great analogy thank you brothers I appreciate you all today was about a tough topic the 13th amendment which affected us and we know affected so many of us and will affect so many of us to come if we don't do anything about it. We out. You've been listening to Solutions from the Yard. This podcast is presented by Voices for a Second Chance, a comprehensive re-entry program that provides culturally appropriate, trauma-informed, gender-specific, and peer-based services. For more information, go to info at vscdc.org or visit our website at www.vscdc.org.